It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Okay, welcome to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Uh, this show is brought to you by Audible.com. You go to audibletrial.com front slash Opperman Report and you get yourself, you can sign up for free, get yourself a free audiobook, and it helps support the show. I, I think you can even get more than one audiobook. So there's only way that, one way to test that out. You go there and you sign up for free and uh, see what you can come up with there over at the audible.com, audibletrial.com front slash Opperman Report. Okay, today's one of our special um, live Sunday broadcasts that we're able to do for you uh, because of uh, the support that we get from the member section. Uh, so if, if you're brand new, if you're listening to the show for the first time, uh, please uh, take a moment and check out oppermanreport.com and uh, check out all the uh, extra shows that we have in our member section for members only. And also to shoot me an email at uh, oppermanreport at gmail.com uh, if you're interested in advertising. Or if uh, you uh, you know uh, you have a guest suggestion, or you have a complaint about the show, uh, you complain about the audio or the commercials, all, all the wonderful complaints I love to get from all my uh, listeners. <laughs> I love you all so much. Um, I, and I tell you, uh, I've never done a show at two o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday before, but I had always envisioned uh, when I was going to start to do this show uh, a nice relaxed Sunday afternoon show, you know. Uh, you know, with like cool people, uh, just talking about different topics and stuff like that. Uh, so today we have a, a special guest, uh, Sean Duff. Okay, I almost did it to you. <laughs> Sean Duff, and he's from the band Straw Man. Uh, Sean's been listening to the show for a long time. He's been in contact with me for email for a long time. And then uh, when we were in trouble and we needed help because Christoph was sick, he was out sick for like a whole month with the uh, uh, migraine uh, headaches. Um, our brother there, uh, who's been so helpful to us over the years, uh, doing all the audio uh, engineering for us and, and running the, uh, he put up the, the website for us. Uh, but he was out there sick for like a month and a half. And we got a hold of uh, Sean Duff, stepped up to the plate and helped us out. And he's been uh, webmastering for us. Uh, so Sean has a big, giant uh, gig coming up. So we wanted to get him on here to, uh, to tell everybody about it. So, uh, Sean, are you there? I am, Ed. It's a pleasure to be here. Sean's live from his garage, by the way, in Toronto, Canada. We got him. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, don't slip on the grease stains, okay? <laughs> now, Sean, do you like to be called Sean or Mr. Duffy? <laughs> uh, I was actually, I couldn't wait to meet this guy, Sean Duffy. <laughs> this guy that's been helping out the show for so long. I've heard so much good things about him, but... Um, you just call me Sean, Ed. That's good. That works for me. Okay, great. I got to get around to fixing that. Okay, so tell us, who is Sean Duff? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, I, I wrote that great bio. I was hoping you were going to read it because it was fully tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I'm a regular Joe or, or not-so-regular Joe. I, um, I work 40 hours a week. I'm, a I'm a, the drummer in the band Strawman. Um, I should uh, announce the URL, www.strawmanmusic.com. Um, been in that band for about 10 years. Um, you know, i part-time conspiracy theorist. I like the uh, part-time researcher. 
really, I'm just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I got a great girl. I'm a, uh, hopefully I'm a good boyfriend. I'm a family guy. I've got a sister who's got uh, two great kids, a, a great young son and daughter. And, uh, I love being Uncle Sean. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm a, I'm a regular guy, but I'm not so regular. I like to, I like to think of myself as somebody special. And uh, I'm the webmaster for the Opperman Report, of course. Um, and yeah, no, I thought uh, we talked about getting together and doing a little something online and uh, this interview. And I thought it was a good time now because the band's got a new song coming out on September 1st. It's called Bones. And it'll be released September 1st. And then for anybody who's listening that's in Toronto, we've got a gig at the Hideout Bar down at Queen near Bathurst. It's a great, it's a great bar. It's a great live room. And uh, we played there once before. I'm excited to play there again. So that's September 4th. You can find out the info on that at strongmanmusic.com. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I just, I found you actually, Ed, through, I was listening to Dave McGowan. Ah. And I was looking for more Dave McGowan stuff. And then I found you. And then I just, I really dug the interviews you did. I dig, uh, dig your approach. And then... You know, I, I hope Christoph is doing better, by the way, because uh, I, I forgot his name. But uh, when, when you're saying, I signed up for the member section and you're having the difficulties there, I threw it out there and said, you know, hey, I could probably figure this out, and I did. And uh, I, said, I hope Christoph's doing better. I don't know if you have any news on him. Yeah, I do. Christoph is doing a lot better. In fact, we're in touch almost every day. Uh, uh, so he, he's doing way, way better, uh, for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's a great guy, man. I love him. Um, and really did so much work, especially in the beginning, because uh, back then we had to manually upload all the, the videos up to YouTube. Uh, so it takes all day long if you do it that way. But now that we have Spreaker, uh, I can kind of edit on the fly and it goes up automatically right after the show's over. Uh, so that's working out really good. And in fact, uh, today's show will be live on uh, uh, YouTube, on the Ed Opperman YouTube channel. Uh, right after the show, and it goes up on Spreaker right after the show. It might even go up on TuneIn uh, right after the show. And I know uh, it goes up automatically very quickly, too, on iTunes, on the Opperman Report iTunes channel. Uh, but as far as the uh, the good old uh, Opperman Report YouTube channel, that's that's gone. And uh, we're working on getting that back. But for now, what I'm doing is I'm uploading everything to the Ed Opperman YouTube channel. So if everybody can go there and subscribe, that would be a big, big help to us. Because uh, then you get more features, the more subscribers you got. So, uh, Sean, how old are you? Um, well, Ed, you're not supposed to ask that question. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm 45 years old. Okay, yes, yeah, so you're getting up there, getting a little long in the tooth, as they say. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's right, yeah, wiser every day. And you said you're married, right? Oh, no, you're a boyfriend. Uh, no, I have a girlfriend. I am, I am, I'm the boyfriend to a girl, okay. Nicholas. She's uh, an awesome girl from Scotland, and I'm a very lucky man to have her in my life. She lives with me here in Toronto. We met, uh, of all things, we met at a bus stop. Um, so we, we, we have a pretty good story there. Yeah, just ran the meeting at the bus stop. And whoops. And uh, yeah, some six years later now, we're, we're living together here in Toronto. And uh, just, yeah, we're having a great time. Okay, no kids though, right? No children, no. Okay. No, not, not at this point in time and none planned for the near future. But you never can tell. And you say you got this... Uh this new record coming out on the first, uh, what was it called? Yeah, September 1st, the song's going to be called Bones. Bones, right. Uh, Bones, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, we just need to get it mastered, a little bit of artwork to go with it. It's, uh, it's an expensive endeavor. I mean, you know what it is like to be a broadcaster and do things. It's an expensive endeavor to, um, 
write and record is one thing, but then to do the mastering and to get it up on iTunes and all these things, and uh, I mean, never mind trying to get it on mainstream radio. But it's, it's a labor of love. Like I just, you know, have a fun time. We have a, a great time doing it. <laughs> um, the guys are, you know, we uh, and we we try to incorporate, you know, as the ad says on the Opperman report. Um, we do infuse a lot of our, our interests and beliefs into our, our words and, and our music, but uh, we don't take anything too seriously. We're, we're fun guys. We, uh, you know, we're, we're family loving guys and, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but, uh, we do. I mean, we just, we just want people to like our music. I mean, we've probably given away more music than we'll ever sell in our lifetime. We don't, we're not chasing the dollar. It'd be nice to get a, a few bucks. If you want to go to iTunes and search out Strawman and, spend 99 cents and buy a few of our tunes, I certainly won't object, but um, I think if you go to soundcloud.com and check out Strawman Music, do a search for Strawman Music, I think it's probably there to download for free, at least till I get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I hear you with that, man. It is like a full-time job, though, you know, uh, but it's so rewarding to have your, your art uh, and do something creative in your life. I would recommend it to everybody, uh, especially, uh, I've talked to so many people that are in a rut uh, and uh, if they would just get out of their their little rut there, man, and, and um, uh, just get out and, and create something. I was just talking to some uh, someone today, thirty five years old, and uh, she's just throwing her life away. Just uh, <laughs> I hate to get personal, but uh, I just if you, people could just t- seize the day, you know, and take advantage of of uh, every uh, breath that we have every day, and really get out there and create something, and try to make a difference, you know, we can do, oh, push back against the uh, this oppression that we're living under here. Um, now, by the way, uh, you mentioned that you first heard about us uh, through uh, uh, Dave McGowan shows. Um, everybody should keep in mind, too, that good old Dave, um, uh, stage four cancer. You know, he, he's battling cancer right now, so he, he's having trouble. He's, I don't think he's working. Uh, and uh, his whole family is like uh, old, old, in an uproar and uh, running around trying to help him and stuff like that. So his website is uh, Center for an Informed America. And he has a little PayPal donation button on there, so you can help him out that way. Um, but also, too, I know that uh, he, he might appreciate even more a, a check or a money order being mailed to him. Uh, because uh, just for, for um, uh, what, what would you call it, kind of a, uh, uh, tax benefits, <laughs> I guess you'd call it, <laughs> you know, for the benefits of uh, you know, having that offshore account. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Dave has. Uh, but Dave McGowan, Center for an Informed America, and uh, uh, PayPal button, or you can mail him a check to help him out while he's uh, recovering from all his cancer. So, so now, wh- what do you make of all that stuff, uh, Dave McGowan's theory about these uh, all the musicians in the Laurel Canyon and stuff? Weird scenes inside well, the canyon. Sorry, that's where, uh, that's you know, I, fa- I found Dave. I don't, can't remember how I found Dave, but I, I did go to his website, and I really loved reading his web series about, um, it was the, the first the moon landing, and then he posted some stuff about the Boston bomb, well, he posted stuff about Laurel Canyon, and uh, I, I mean, what can you say? He, the man's done his research, and it's pretty, it's pretty hard to refute some of the things that he's found. Like, it's, uh, the Laurel Canyon, for people who don't know, it's this little area, I believe, outside Hollywood, Los Angeles, up in the hills. And uh, it seemed to be the focus center of uh, a lot of the bands that turned out to be leading the, the hippie anti-war movement in the late 60s, early 70s. 
and the work that Dave did on researching, you know, what the family connections were. Um, I think he, I know he'd been there a couple of times and taken photos and done the research. And it's just, it's very intriguing when you think about it because at the time there was, uh, quite a revolt coming against the Vietnam War. And to find out that guys like Frank Zappa and the Grateful Dead and the Monkees and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, that these people were either coming out of Laurel Canyon or they were going to Laurel Canyon, um, where I, if I recall correctly, the, at the time, the largest soundstage that belonged to the military was there. So they were doing, obviously, they were doing some big time productions there where all this is going down where you know, this is this predates the San Francisco movement, and certainly um, L.A. wasn't a hub, it wasn't the hub that it is now for entertainment. You know, New York, Chicago, these are the places where music was happening, where the music was coming out. So, for all this to be happening there is suspicious. And then, when you like, I encourage people to to pick up book, especially like I hope Dave's doing better. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, because. Uh, because I, I certainly have appreciated all of his work, and he's a human being. And like you said, he's not working, and he's got a he's got kids, he's got a wife, he's got to support his family. And uh, so, if you're gonna send him a check, PayPal, get him some dough somehow, buy his book. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just it, it at least makes you wonder about it. You know, it's uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a lot of meat there. Put it that way, I can't say for sure that. Uh, what he's saying is is 100% true, but if certainly if I was trying to steer steer um, protest against this war I was holding against uh, away from from really picking up steam, I would want to be at the fore. I would want to be controlling what type of message is coming out of there. And I think Dave proved that they, that that was what was happening. Is that rather than get people really deeply involved, it was hey, let's just you know trip out on acid and and beg off of the responsibility. Let's just go crazy and have fun as opposed to really focus our energies on protesting this war. Yeah, which which is, fits in very well with uh, John Potash's book, uh, Drugs as a Weapon Against Us, where he talks about, and he talks about the whole hippie movement again, and, and Larry and uh, the electric Kool-Aid acid test and all those characters, um, and he gets into all that stuff as well. Uh, now, did you catch the show... Um, uh, uh, we just did Friday night with Tom Secker. Yes, I did. It was a great show. Wasn't he great, man? Uh, now, what yeah, about? Well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say I, I listened to that show, and then I went to his website, and he's done I don't know, like fifty or seventy podcasts. Yeah. And uh, I already listened to one or two of those, and yeah, this guy is he. This guy is onto something for sure. He's done he's done a lot of research, and uh, yeah, like that. You should. Uh, I can't remember what his website is now, but if anybody's interested in this kind of thing, they should check out Tom Secker for sure. Yeah, S E C K E R. He's from the U K, and he doesn't have a thick accent, so you, so you can understand him. Uh, but <laughs> which is sometimes it's so difficult for you. Um, but uh, you know, because we got into a, we touched on it a little bit in the beginning. Uh, Project Operation Gladio, uh, which was this this operation that, that took place in Europe after World War II, where they set up all these uh, where the government would would set up these uh, revolutionary, uh, uh, I guess, terrorist groups, you know, to, to create terror and, and havoc uh, in order to uh, cause the people to, uh, you know, run to their government for, for support. Uh, and uh, I wanted to get into him a little bit more uh, about how much, because it kind of fits in with Dave's theory as well, 
uh, about how uh, the music industry was set up by the government. It was a big, giant government psyop. Uh, but also, too, Dave, we kind of touch on it a little bit about how maybe the Weather Underground and the, the SLA, Symphony's Liberation Army, the Patty Hearst kidnappers, uh, that, that has every earmark uh, of, a, of a government operation. You know, they, they took guys uh, who were informants. They took guys who were uh, right out of mental institutions, uh, you know, uh, running that operation. And uh, one thing, too, with the SLA that always struck me was um, if you look at the their flag, you know, <laughs> It's when I mean, their seven-headed uh, snake that they have there, you know, with their motto. Uh, it's Kwanzaa. They have the feast of Kwanzaa. <laughs> you know, is there is was the seven was the the SLA. You know, and, and Kwanzaa was invented uh, in in San Francisco in that area it, it, around that time in the sixties or, or the fifties. You know, uh, so it's just so bizarre to me uh, the whole thing. So, but yeah, Tom Secker, I cannot tell you how impressed I am with this guy uh, and his research. And also his buddy, Pierce Redmond. Now, did you listen to that interview? No, I have not had a chance to listen to that one yet. You're gonna, what? You're going to love it, okay? Uh, it's a week because, you know, we, I, I was the interviewee. He was interviewing me. And he's Tom <laughs> Secker's partner. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're going to use the content anyway. Okay, we'll put it up in the members section. <laughs> but he was interviewing me. And uh, we got into the whole Jeffrey Epstein case. Uh, but Pierce Redmond. Uh, who was Tom Secker's partner in this, these videos that they do together. And he's in New York City. He's in Brooklyn. Uh, this guy was the best interviewer that I've had on that topic. Uh, he was so knowledgeable. He did so much research and so much. Uh, uh, he, he was telling, teaching me stuff about it that just blew my mind. And then, uh, we, so we did two hours. And then me and him, we were on the phone after that for another two hours. Uh, so really quality guys, Tom Secker and Pierce Redmond. I cannot recommend them to you enough to check them to check them out on what they're up to. So he was he was schooling you on Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, because you know uh, I got my little shtick down, you know, on Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> you know, and I got my notes that I've been using over and over again. Uh, but there's a lot of different things that, that that involved in a case that I wasn't aware of, you know, uh, really good stuff. Uh, so that's probably the, the most uh, comprehensive uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, data dump that, that we have out there right now, that, that anybody has out there right now, I hate to say. Because uh, when I was looking for, when I wanted to do Jeffrey Epstein to begin with, I was looking for guests. And I listened to every single thing out there available on Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, I, I think right now that this, that is the classic, that's the best interview uh, on Jeffrey Epstein. And it is available. Uh, did you put that up in the uh, member section? Yeah, it should be up there, yeah. should be good to go. Yeah, so that's up there. And, uh, and ready to go, yeah. And uh, so I'm very impressed with the, the talent of these two guys. And plus he's in New York, too. So he even can walk by Epstein's house and uh, take video for us and stuff like that if, uh, if we can impose upon him, uh, if we ever get that all stuff going together. Well, do me a favor, and anybody that's listening from, from my end of things, give them uh, the Reader's Digest on who Jeffrey Epstein is. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah, because you, you, we have a bunch of new listeners because uh, we picked up a whole bunch of people on Spreaker because of uh, uh, Sean's buddies uh, calling it, uh, listening in and signing up. Uh, the whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein is that uh, he was this uh, billionaire uh, money manager that lived in Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, he, he got this thing where he started uh, recruiting little girls. Uh, little middle school girls and little freshmen in high school. Um, he had these older girls go and recruit these little girls from school, and he they would lure them over to his mansion, and they would come to his mansion there. The, the, the older girl would bring them over, would drive them there after school, you know, 
And uh, they'd walk into the house and, and they'd walk up to this massage room on the pretense that he was going to pay them $100 or $200 to give him a massage. Uh, and they would walk up to this massage room and all pictures all over the walls was of a naked uh, teenage and preteen girls uh, in frames all over the walls of his house. Hey guys, I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Now, I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman 50, O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 5-0. Now, Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more. Uh, there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50 and then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 5-0 to get 50% off. And they'd go up there and they'd start with the massage and then he would... Uh, try to get more and more out of them uh, and, and ultimately molest these young girls. Uh, and uh, some of them would, would never return after that. You know, some would go back, you know, for more money and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, one of the parents uh, caught wind of this and they called the cops. The cops in, in Palm Beach Police did a really, really good investigation on this. They went through his trash. They set up hidden cameras across the street, you know, focused at his house all the time. Uh, they... they found all the names of these young girls and they had they came up with about five or six of them right off the bat ultimately they came up with 30 victims um they went to the homes of these kids and they interviewed their parents and the kids they got statements and while they were investigating this and putting this investigation together epstein and his uh, lawyers uh, roy black and roy black's investigator uh, started rounding up these girls themselves and giving them cars to drive around in and and uh, prepping them for what they would be uh asked by the police and uh but ultimately he was arrested for these charges and uh, he was facing a long long time and even the the, the fbi got involved and the, the federal prosecutors got involved and he, he could have gotten just as much time as jared is getting even more because there were more victims uh, jared fogel from uh subway you know subway, yeah. yeah so he, he could have gotten all this time but he had hired this dream team of lawyers uh kenneth Starr. Jerry Leftcourt, Roy Black, and all, and uh, Alan Dershowitz, 
all these guys, and they, they actually started investigating the U.S. federal prosecutor from the, North, uh, from the Southern District of Florida, uh, who's equivalent to, people should understand, that's equivalent to Rudy Giuliani was in the 80s when he was crime-busted and busting all the mafia cases. Uh, so they started investigating him and contacting his superiors and investigating his wife and his neighbors and all this kind of stuff and putting pressure on him. Uh, I think his name was Acosta. And he actually wrote a three-page letter outlining all the harassment and surveillance that he was under when he was trying to prosecute this guy Epstein. Uh, even some of the police officers in this case wrote public letters uh, saying that the prosecutor should remove themselves, that, uh, that this case was being handled uh, incorrectly, and uh, he was getting away with it. And he ultimately he did. He got away with it. Uh, he had to serve 18 months. Uh, uh, his conviction uh, that he pled guilty to was a soliciting uh, sex from an underage prostitute. And uh, he wound up doing 13 months in a county jail down there in Florida that he had previously donated uh, $75,000 to the, the sheriff of that department. So when he went and did his time, he was in a private wing of this cell. There were no other prisoners there. Uh, he had work release. He only uh, had to sleep there overnight uh, and spend Sundays there. Um, and uh, then he, he got out, and, and now he's... He's not even registered as a sex offender in the United States because he uses an address in the Virgin Islands um, as his address. Uh, so what's happened is, is these young girls, have uh, they were uh, kept out of the loop of the sentencing, the plea bargain negotiations. So they're suing the federal government uh, in order to get all that unsealed and, and maybe get it overturned, his plea negotiation. And, and all of his co-defendants, by the way, too, were all uh, uh, given immunity in this case in, in, in return for his 13 months in a cushy uh, private uh, wing of a, of a jail. So, and it turns out he's all connected to people like, you know, Bill Clinton and, and Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker and um, even uh, Courtney Love was on his plane. Uh, so that's pretty much the synopsis, the short story on Jeffrey Epstein. But if you, if you Google Ed Opperman, Jeffrey Epstein, it'll come up. And, and by the way, too, our, our fine presidential candidate that we have here running, this is going to make America great again, for sure. Yeah, Donald <laughs> Trump is all, uh, you know, is all up to this in his ears, man. Uh, this, one of his victims actually worked for Trump down at the Mar-a-Lago property. And a lot of these, uh, these parties with Prince Andrew and all this kind of stuff and the Rothschild, you know, all this stuff happened down at the, the Mar-a-Lago property down there, right on the Trump's nose. But don't worry about that. He can't spot, spot pedophiles raping little girls at his properties, but he's going to make He's going to build this giant wall. And by the way, now that we have um, uh, Sean Duff on the phone here, I think we need a wall between the U.S. and Canada. Now, Sean, what do you think? What do you say about that? <laughs> Keep these Canadians out. Donald Trump is president. I'll be the first one to lay the first brick of that wall. You know, it, it, it just makes me think that we live in a really bad comedy movie if Donald Trump is actually a viable candidate for the seat of president of the United States. You know, you're right. That would be a, a good meme. You know, the Trump says he's going to build a wall between Mexico, but the Canadians say if he's elected, they're going to build a wall. <laughs> they're going to build a wall, yeah. That's a good line. I mean, he, the guy is full-on entertaining. There's no denying that, but to think that he could hold what is supposed to be the most powerful seat in all of the free world is absolutely insane. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And I wish people would look into him a little bit more. I wish the press would report on him a little bit more. Hey, Sean, did you know that I'm getting press credentials to go to these uh, campaign events? I'm going to be able to cover them uh, uh, for the Opera Report? 
Yeah, is, that, is, he, is he coming to Nevada anytime soon? Well, not just him, all of them. Uh, uh, I'm going to have uh, full access, just like all the other reporters. You know, when you stand there and you yell out questions, uh, I'm going to have that. I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, when Trump comes or when Clinton comes or, or uh, Jeb Bush or any of these characters, uh, <laughs> they're going to have to answer to me when they come to Vegas from now on. <laughs> and so how long do you think you're going to have those press credentials for? Well, for the campaign, well, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, until they, you know, they drag me away in handcuffs. I'm sure you know, at least I'll get, I'll get along that far. Uh, but yeah, so I'm working on that right now. It's it's, a, it's quite a process. Um, but uh, so far, so good. It looks like I'm going to get approved for every candidate uh, and as much as I want. And so, when should that happen? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I'm just waiting. Do you have to go to each campaign individually? You know, get their schedules and stuff like that. So, but um, I'm. Pretty sure, you know, uh, within the next couple of weeks, next month. Well, I hope I hope it happens, and I yeah, I hope you get down there and ask some some actual hard questions because the the press doesn't seem to want to do it. I mean, there's all kinds of meat out there on everybody, and they they just let them away scot free. Whether it's and that's the same up here. You know, we've got an election coming up here too, and there's very rarely does the press ask any hard questions. It's usually just uh, people in the audience that are yelling out things that actually bring attention to some of the the more pertinent election um, points that should be covered. So I, I hope you do it, Ed, and I hope you get out there, and I hope you, you give them help because it's a long time coming. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if you caught it on, on the news, on TV, but you're probably not because you didn't probably get it live. Uh, but Trump just did Friday night during my show – he did a uh, a big uh, campaign event at a stadium in Alabama, and yeah. uh, and people were yelling out "White Power, White Power," and you could hear it about six times. Uh, people were doing that uh, during his um, his speech. Right, well, I heard because uh, my my bass player and lead singer JP, we were talking about that last night in the jam. He was he said I watched it because it was full on better than any other. Book. Better than any other TV that I could have watched, and he didn't. He didn't mention hearing that, but he mentioned hearing they would they would yell out stuff, and Trump would be all over it. But he didn't comment on the white power comments. It, it is. He's definitely very entertaining, you know. And uh, and I, I got to admit that, um, you know, that the night of the debate. Did you guys get the debate up there? We did not. No, we did not. Not unless you had some special cable package. You know, you didn't get up here. Yeah, well, it was a big event. You know, people were excited about it. And, you know, and I admit, you know, I bought myself a bottle of vodka, you know, and some uh, V8. And I sat, you know, I, I love <laughs> politics. I really do. I love the theater of it. I love the debates and stuff. I have a lot of the old um, debates from, from the 80s uh, on VHS tape. I used to tape it when I was a kid and I used to follow politics and stuff. And uh, keep an eye on who, you know, in local politics and stuff, and mayor of New York City and all that. I, I used to really enjoy that, uh, but now it's, it obviously whoever gets elected, policy doesn't change. You know, and there's no difference between Obama or Romney, uh, and you know w what would happen if Trump came in. I can't imagine uh, policy would change. You know, I guess there would be a lot more entertainment, uh, but to me, it's just so frightening and disturbing. That during a, a presidential debate, they're bringing up the name Rosie O'Donnell, uh, you know, uh, and and she comes up in a question, you know, it's and this reality TV guy up there who's a total con man uh, in, in every possible way, 
Uh, this people should just look into this Trump University where he was scamming people out of $35,000 in tuition and then, you know, sending them photocopies of uh, stuff they can get off the Internet for free. Uh, and, just, and, and they had telemarketers that they were calling professors <laughs> and coaching the students. You know, and it was shut down by New York State uh, Department of Consumer Affairs because the whole thing was a total scam. Not one word. You don't hear one word about this on the news. Hey, we got to take a commercial break. We're here with Sean Duff. Now, Sean, are you like the lead singer? Or the or what is your role in, in Strawman? No, I am the drummer and uh, sing little backup vocals. Drummer, okay. Now they say drummers are the ones that pick up all the girls, right? Uh, really? Yeah, that's, well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not my experience. But I've I've often heard that drummers uh, their brains work at a higher level than everybody else's, so I'm good to live with that. Okay, there you go. Sean Duff with a high-level brain. He's a musician, songwriter, part-time conspiracy theorist. Uh, he's based in Toronto, Canada. Uh, he's uh, the head of the, well, the drummer for the band Strawman. You can go to strawmanmusic.com to check that out. Now, they got a big uh, uh, event coming up on uh, September 4th at the Hideout Bar in downtown Toronto. It's Friday, September 4th. What time does that start? Uh, doors, I think, are at 7.30, but I don't have a set time yet, but go to strawmanmusic.com and we'll update you there. And their latest recording, Bones, uh, will be released September 1st, and you'll be able to get that on iTunes, or just go to strawmanmusic.com for more information on that. And he had his first hip-hop uh, song he's doing as well, too. MC Ben Jam, and I want to be rapper, MC Procrastinate, and it will be published by the Worth the Weight Records shortly. We'll be right back after these messages. And now, a word from our sponsors. Pacific West Bamboo, your premier source for sustainable building material. They provide construction grade and craft grade bamboo material for all your indoor, outdoor, and gardening needs. Uh, contact them for event planning and display building as well. 503-839-8126. Or you go to their new website, pacificwestbamboo.com. Or you can contact them on Facebook at Pacific West Bamboo. That's 503-839-8126. Amanda from Pacific West Bamboo was our first sponsor. Uh, she's been so good to us, uh, so please support her in return. I want to make everybody aware of our new member section at www.oppermanreport.com. Uh, you can go there and sign up for a monthly, quarterly, or yearly subscription. You can even purchase episodes one by one. Uh, you get full access to brand new original content, new guests, new uncensored interviews, my own investigations and reports, and we're going to be adding uh, sections with documents, images, police reports, uh, either provided by myself or by my guests or for my own investigations, my own reports. Uh, so you can go to oppermanreport.com and you can sign up there tonight. You can start listening tonight. Strawman. I want to mention Strawman. Strawman is a band uh, out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, they're good friends of the Opperman Report. Uh, they're a trio of guys who share the same mindset uh, most of us here do, and they put that energy into their words and music. Uh, so check them out at uh, strawmanmusic.com and drop them a line uh, to let them know that you heard them here on the Opperman Report. Uh, we'll be doing a, an interview with Sean Duffy soon. You can get an autographed copy of my book, how to succeed as a private investigator by visiting my PI website, emailrevealer.com. We also offer a computer and cell phone forensics. We can recover deleted text messages to uncover infidelity. 
Uh, we can uh, we offer asset searches, locates, email tracing, background reports, and we can even trace your spouse's email address back to internet dating websites to catch them cheating online. You can reach us at 800-572-9762, or you can email me at emailrevealer at AOL.com. New World Mexican Women. Everyone loves the New World Mexican Women and their, their line of fine, handcrafted, authentic Mexican jewelry of stone mosaic and abalene stone inlay. In their first book, titled New World Mexican Women, available on lulu.com, uh, they teach you how to make this jewelry, and they have a collection of love letters to their men from their hometown that have immigrated to the United States to find work. Uh, they have also published a new book entitled Azukina to the Rodeo, it's about a young girl that falls in love with a rodeo bull rider, and she runs away with him uh, without telling her family. You can find the New World Mexican Women by Googling New World Mexican Women, and you can ask them about uh, their deals on wholesaling, their fine jewelry, and all of the other projects that they have going on. Uh, if you'd like to have your business or website advertised here and promoted all over the world on dozens of stations every day, give us a call at 800-572-9762, or email oppermanreport at gmail.com. And now back to our show. Welcome back to the Opperman Report. I am your host, Private Investigator Ed Opperman. This show is brought to you by Audible.com. You go to audibletrial.com, front slash Opperman Report. Get yourself a free audio book. You sign up for free, get a free book, and everything's free. Uh, I want to remind everybody, we're here today with uh, uh, Sean Duff from the band Strawman. Uh, they got a couple of big events coming up here this week. Uh, you can catch them on September 4th at the uh, Hideout Bar. And also the, their latest song, uh, Bones, will be uh, released on September 1st. Uh, everybody, too, remember uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Reverend R.J. Knight from the, uh, the Gospel Tent Ministry. Uh, tonight's the opening night of the, the tent at uh, Mount Zion Church uh, at, uh, in Wells, Maine. Okay, And you can check that out at the website soulfeast2015.org. And uh, if you've ever, never been to a tent meeting, a tent revival meeting, uh, go down there and check it out. It's like nothing you've ever done before in your life. Um, and uh, you need prayer. You need uh, you need prayer. You need um, uh, deliverance. You know whatever you could possibly need. Um, go down there and meet these fine folks, and uh, and, and meet Jesus down there at the uh, Gospel Tent Ministry in Wells, Maine, at the Mount Zion Church. And the website is called SoulFeast2015.org. Uh, and check that out. And by the way, I think tonight is the night that uh, Colton Burpo. Uh, from the book and the movie uh, Heaven is for Real. He'll be speaking there and he'll be playing there with his band. His dad will be speaking. Uh, Todd Burpo, I had him on the show uh, Thursday morning. Really nice guy. We had a really good talk there too. That went on for a couple hours. Uh, so check that out. Soulfeast2015.org uh, The tent's going to be up all week long. And by the way too, if you have any arts or crafts or something you want to sell, you can go down there. They'll let you put up a tent for free and, uh, and uh, do some business on their property there. Uh, whatever you need. Just uh, contact them first and check it out. We're here with, uh, I was going to say we're here with Tom Secker, but we're here with uh, Sean Duff, <laughs> okay, from the band Strawman. 
Uh, now, are you serious, man? You want to talk about Flat Earth? <laughs> What's that? I, I thought we were going to spend the whole two hours talking about the Flat Earth. That I know it's one of your favorite topics. Oh man! Well, what, what do you make of uh, of all that? I'm, you know, I think more as as upset as I am about Trump, <laughs> you know? uh, and and the this, the gullibility that I see people falling for this Trump, and people that I respect, you know, some people who I, I like, friends of mine, uh, just falling hook, line, and sinker for this P.T. Barnum con man. Uh, I'm, I think I'm even more uh, disturbed by this this I don't know, man, this sideshow with not just flat Earth. Uh, but uh, just the most bizarre things like, you know, you know, there's people who, who say there's two sons and that there's a second son and, and they and they have films of it on YouTube. They take a video of the sun setting and oh, and then look, there's another sun. You, you know, they see some kind of reflection or something. There's another sun. Uh, people say that the moon is fake. The stars are fake uh, and all this bizarre stuff. What do you make of this kind of you've been around doing and the alternative media uh, venue for a long time. What do you make of this kind of stuff? Well, I got to say the two sons thing, I actually saw my first video on the Facebook feed about that today. Okay. I'd never, you, you talked about, I never heard about it before. The flat earth thing, like you, um, just one day it was pushed out to me. I had no interest in it. Maybe because Dave McGowan talks about the moon landing and asks some questions about did it really happen? I guess he posits that it didn't really happen. Uh, maybe because of my interest in that, that was why it got pushed to me. But, um, no, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm pulling your chain. I know I know it drives you crazy. And, like, I'm of two minds of it. A, again, the gullibility of people, I completely agree. Um, the Internet's a fabulous tool. It's like you've got the world's library or, or what we're allowed to see of the world's library at your disposal. I mean, you do things nowadays you couldn't do years before the Internet. But at the same time, too, it's this tool that's used to push gunk and, and crap and, and different you know, I see, uh, I see all kinds of stuff lately about white hating blacks and blacks hating whites, and I don't know anybody who hates anybody. It's just everybody's just trying to get along in this world. There's no time to to foment all this hatred, and yet I see this stuff pushed out. Um, maybe I'm with three minds. I'll say with with the flat Earth, it intrigues me in as much as that I can't. I don't know that the Earth is round. Like I, no, I've not seen. The Earth from space. So I don't know that it's round. It's maybe from a more philosophical perspective. I'm not going to say that I believe in it. No, but am I intrigued by the idea? Sure, I am. Do I? Am I going to rush to say that? Oh my God, we've been lied to. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I do find it interesting. Really, the the focus for me is that yeah. Why is this stuff getting pushed? Why is is this garbage getting pushed? Why is it that um, Kim Kardashian has? whatever it is, 25 million followers on Twitter. It shouldn't matter. It should not matter. People should be focusing on other things that are more important. And yet it's really not about, people aren't given the time to think about what's really important because it's pushed to them. The things that they want to talk about around the water cooler are pushed to them. So, um, you know, again, pulling your chain about the flatter things, I know it's not one of your favorite things. Although, you do, you do, you have had people on about Paul is dead. Or oh, Paul yeah. McCartney had died in the 60s. And, and a lot of people would look at it the same way as the Flat Earth thing and say, hey, that's crazy. Why are, you, why are you interviewing people about this crazy theory? So maybe you could give me a little analysis of the, the two different topics there. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good, that's a, a legitimate question. Okay. 
And uh, I can see where people would say that. Um, now, the, the my, see, I've never said Paul is dead. I think Paul was swapped out. I don't know if he's dead or not. I don't think there's any evidence that he's dead or, or alive or any of the stuff about the car crash or any of that stuff. Uh, but um, I, when you look at the pictures, uh, it does appear that uh, it's a different Paul. You know? And, I, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't need to interrupt that, but yeah, I do agree with that. That's, that's why I got interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Paul looks different, you know? And I know it, it really upsets. By the way, we were talking about Dave McGowan before. He really gets upset. He doesn't want to hear about Paul being dead at all. You know? And a lot of musicians. Now, when you listen to the, the, the musicians and stuff, what do you make of that? Well, you know, I'm a Beatles fan. I, I can't say that I've gone into depth to discuss about the songwriting or um, the vocals. I, I, you know, I like the Beatles. I, I, you know, the songs I like, I like. The songs I don't like, I, I don't listen to. Um, they did around the time period that, that people are suggesting that he was swapped out or, or died and was replaced. There was a definite change in the, the type of songwriting they did. They went from uh, She Loves You type of thing right into the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which is you know, LSD, this other, the whole uh, counterculture movement. So, I mean, there's, there's meat there. It, for me, when I saw the, the article that was published in the Italian Wired, where they did the, they had facial forensic people right. go through and, and, and analyze the, the different photos, and they were saying, because I believe that they, they were they set out to actually debunk all these rumors and put it to rest once and all for all that this was the Paul McCartney that has always been the Paul McCartney, and they ended up coming to the resolution that, no, you know what? As a matter of fact, our findings are that this is not the same guy from pre-1966. And so it really intrigued me. And, and you know, there's, I don't know if we'll ever have an answer to that, but um, you, you go online, if you, if, you, if you can just settle down, and it's funny that Dave should get so irate, Dave McGowan should get so irate about this topic, given that he's the guy who's say, saying that we didn't go to the moon. Because that, a lot of people say, yeah, you're absolutely out of these nuts to think that we didn't go to the moon. That's a really, now I think Dave's made a great argument for that. Oh, yeah. That to, you know, we all have our boundaries, I guess, and Dave just doesn't want to go there, and I'm fine with that. Everybody speaks their own. I got no problem with it. But I think the world is definitely stranger than fiction. That's what I've come to learn. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would agree with that as well. You know, it's funny because I think one of the reasons why Dave is so sensitive about the issue of about the, uh, Oh, the Paul is dead thing is because of a certain very vocal uh, person who uh, advocates the theory that uh, is just as annoying as hell. And I know she was driving him crazy for a long time. <laughs> and, uh, as far as that goes, I can't blame him for, for that. Okay, because uh, I wasn't too thrilled with her either. Um, but, you know, as far as the moon goes, you know, uh, oh, oh, wait, before we get to, to the moon, uh, back to Paul is dead. Um, did you ever see the documentary Let It Be? No, I've not seen that yet, no. You know what? It, and for some reason, it, right, you would think they would show it all the time, you know? Uh, but they don't. And uh, But it, it is available. you got to go like Put Locker, you know, one of those uh, uh, sites and look it up and find it. You know, Google Let It Be online free, you know, and uh, and search for it on one of those kind of sites. And it's, it's not, it, there's even like subtitles in the bottom. That's the only version you can get. Otherwise, you got to buy it on Amazon or something. But there's a scene in there where Paul McCartney is talking to uh, Harrison and uh, maybe Lennon was there too. And he's saying, well, you guys can do this. I heard you do this. I saw you do this. And in the old, uh, uh, you know, in the old songs and the old shows. 
and they're saying, no, we didn't do it that way. We didn't do it that way. So it, it sounds like he's an outsider coming in there that wasn't with them in the beginning. And it, it's a very telling scene. And uh, they show little clips of it in those, you know, the Wing Beetle and uh, the Rotten Apple and those kind of documentaries you can find on YouTube. But when you watch the whole thing play, play it out, it's, it's really, uh, when you're looking for it, uh, it's really pretty chilling. And it's a great documentary to watch anyway because it is the last uh, 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 album the Beatles ever put out. And then they go on the top of the roof there and they play that last uh, uh, song. But now uh, when you get to the moon uh, stuff, uh, just the whole idea, the moon is so far. You know, it's so far. And if, if you just miss that trajectory, trajectory, just a little tiny bit, you know, you'll never hit it. <laughs> you'll never get there. You'll never get back. It's just uh, for the technology at the time, it, it's just the more I look at it and the more I've researched it, it's just impossible. There's no way we could have done it. Well, I agree with you. The, the technology, I mean, in the 60s, they were supposed to be flying with what amounted to be like a pocket calculator's worth of technology. And um, they were able to, the Russians couldn't get a guy out of the atmosphere without, uh, or a monkey or a dog. Uh, they couldn't do it for decades. And then the states decide that they're going to go ahead and do it. And they do it successfully for, what, I don't know, 10 missions? Or, uh, and do not count me for being correct with my numbers. But um, to just say that, yeah, you can just fly a guy to the moon and come back with no issues, no problems throughout the 60s and early 70s, and then what? We just decided that we're not going to go. Nobody's, nobody's going to go for another 40 years after that. That, to me, makes no sense. And people say, oh, yeah, but they've been to the moon. There's nothing else. You, know, you were at the moon when you had a pocket calculator. Now you've got the whole spaceship in your pocket called a cell phone. So imagine the technology that you could take to the moon. Imagine the mining, the exploration, the... Uh, and magnetic resonance imagery that you could use, and all of the different mysteries of the universe that you could uncover. And yet, uh, I think it was Bush just before he left office, he was saying that they were going to go in 2020, but they had to overcome some obstacles. I'm thinking, why don't you just go back to the Apollo uh, blueprint and build these ships and fly them back off again if that was the case? And a lot of people, from my end, Ed, I know you've got the sort of the audience is familiar with this kind of thing. For people who know me, who maybe haven't heard me talk about this or know the band and, and haven't heard, it's, it might come as a bit of a shock to them, but truthfully, if you, if you look at it with, you know, with an open mind and use your common sense, that's pretty much how I guide myself through life, is just, just to use my intuition and my common sense, is that if in the 60s I could fly to the moon in what looked like an aluminum foil like the, whatever it was, the lander. Uh, this thing looked like it was made out of aluminum foil and, and aluminum posts. If you can do that then, so successfully, and I realize that they spent billions and billions of dollars, but take it forward to today where you can buy a cell phone for 50 bucks that did what all the computers on the spaceship did back then, you should be able to go to the moon on a dime and find out all of this miraculous stuff about the moon, and yet nobody's done it. And there's actually a couple of videos online if people want to check it out. I don't know what you would search for, but there's at least one, maybe two videos that NASA themselves have produced that allude to the fact that there are obstacles that are preventing them from getting um, out of low Earth orbit in order to get to the moon because of whether it's the radiation, the Van Allen belts or whatnot. But it's, uh, I don't know, it just, it, 
it sets off my uh, my something detector, if you know what I mean. Right, and and what you said is a, is a good point. We should just use logic and common sense. And just because you hear something, you know, you just think to yourself and say, "Oh, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, does this make sense or not?" We can't just trust like gullible fools and trust everything that that we hear through the mainstream media or that the government tells us. You know, we have to be a you know use our common sense and our logic because uh, these people aren't operating in our interests. You know, they're operating against our interests in every other facet of our lives. And so, what are we? Gonna, they're going to go to the moon for the good of mankind. Give me a break. They're going to the moon because they're stealing sixty million dollars to build a go kart to drive around on the moon. <laughs> you know, a lot of guys got rich off of that uh, uh, scam there. Um, but and also too now back again to the the whole flat earth thing uh because it seems to me one of the things that i've noticed uh, being around these alternative media types is uh, that there's some guys that are just a complete and utter fraud and they're just a hoax and just they'll just make up anything just to get ratings and just to uh, tickle the audience and and they, and they don't care about the truth or the facts or anything and no uh, um ethics uh, whatsoever uh, they'll just make up the most stupidest things and they'll bring on guests that they know they're fake and just with funny voices and make up crap uh, just to um, give chills to the audience about traveling to the moon and all kinds of stuff. And it seems to me that that, that, that group, uh, what they're doing is, especially now with this flat earth uh, and, and that kind of stuff and the two suns and all that kind of, is they create a funnel uh, of people coming into their show and, and they, they don't care about losing logical people or people with common sense. But they want the most gullible people coming in and listening to their shows. Because then later on down the road, when they want to scam you out of money for their books and their con games and their uh, seminars and all this, or, or just even asking just for donations and stuff like that, they've got the most gullible people out there to take advantage of. Just like, you know, there's that... Uh, 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 that company that Bill Clinton goes to speak at every year, they pay him like $150,000 to speak there. I forget what it's called. Uh, um, but uh, they sell lists of phone numbers and mailing lists and email addresses. And they actually sell a list of phone numbers of people that have dementia and Alzheimer's. That the con men can buy this list of phone numbers and call up people with dementia and con them out of their money. And it's legal to do that, by the way, too. And it's the same thing that I see here in alternative media with a lot of these characters out there that are just complete and utter fraud and get away with it, man, over and over again. They get exposed over and over and over again, but they, they just keep chugging away and they keep getting away with it. Uh, now, now, what about you? Have you spotted any people? Because you, 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 you said that people didn't know that you're like a conspiracy theorist and you're into this kind of stuff. Now, uh, so where, where did you get your, your background and who did you start listening to, like May Brussels, that kind of stuff? And then have you ever spotted anybody that's like a total con man? Well, I'm, I'm not so old as to know May Brussels is from a, from a, like a, a current standpoint. I have tracked down some of the stuff that she did. But um, no one, before, say, 9-11, I was just a guy. I liked to read the sports section, do the crossword, did my work. I didn't, wasn't really too bothered by the news. And then when 9-11 happened, it was, uh, like, it was traumatic, right? You're, you know, I'm at work and I'm watching all of this unfold with uh, all of my coworkers and smart group of people I was with. And we're just, I mean, tears in my face because thousands, I thought maybe 50, 60, 100,000 people were dying before my eyes. And it was, it was sick. Um, and so after that happened, I wanted to know, you know, why did it happen? Who did it? And what was going to be the repercussions because I wasn't going to stand for this and what could I do? And then I ended up, 
you know, I, I searched and searched on the internet, and I ended up finding um, the alternative side of things. So I found, I think it was Alex Jones was the first guy. You want to talk about Shill? Yeah. There's you know, controlled opposition number one right there, Alex Jones. Um, I mean, he did. He was the first person I saw, and I wasted maybe a year of my life listening to him. But he did give me information, so I'll take away that part of it. But you want to talk about people who are cashing out on people's um, uh, maybe their lack of intellect or or their need for you know Alex Jones is like the the controlled opposition. He's the he's the pressure valve that allows people to release this um, anxiety and their fear. So they they have a champion, right? That's what people I think tend to want from a psychological standpoint is they want a champion because not everybody has time to go and protest or they don't have the energy or, you know, they have kids at home that can't do it. They need somebody that they can look to, somebody that you count on. And Alex Jones has been foisted as that guy, but I would tell anybody right now who listens to Alex Jones to just stop because he's, uh, he's certainly the best at cashing in on people's fear. Um, and that was, that was where I started. And yeah, you know, I went through, some of the, the networks that sh- played his show, the BCN hosts, the RBN hosts, and uh, it took me a long time. I, you know, I, there's there's a little bit of good out of everybody that I took because there is some information everywhere. I think even if you're watching NBC or Fox News, but a lot of it I, I never watch. But if if I'm watching it, I know there's something there I can take away from it. It's just you need to know that you're looking at um, culture control. You're looking at uh, what essentially is not in the in the, the traditional sense of it, but mind control. You're looking at uh, ways to sway people's uh, emotions and their actions. Whether it and traditionally it's done fear because um, even the best marketers will tell you that fear sells. Fear and sex are the two things that motivate people to spend their money. Um, so that's that's why the news is always about fear or always about sex. And um, so yeah, so. Through my and that was 2001. Now we're in 2015. It's taken me obviously a long time. I wish it hadn't taken me so long to find people that are truly at the grassroots level. And that's what sort of what I liked about Dave McGowan. It's what I liked about you is that I you know you're, you've got a hundred hundreds of hours out there for free. You're, sure, you want people to join the member section, and everybody should join the member section because there's uh, you know you end up spending like a dime for every hour of, of listening that you get. And it's very good value, but you're not pushing it. Um, so yeah, like, I, I forget the question now. I certainly know that the the people that are at the fore are the people that you need to be the most wary of because they're the ones that have, uh, I don't know, consent to do what they do. I know Alex Jones gets on Fox News once a year and he looks like a complete nut job. Right. To deter anybody else away from looking down at "Quote unquote conspiracy theorist line," and he's doing he's doing a very good job, and no doubt he is a millionaire several times over. Well, not only that too, you know, I've looked at because you know I'm looking for sponsors for the show, so I've looked at the sponsors on these other shows, and I've contacted them and I've talked to them on the phone, and they tell me, you know, well, yeah, well, we want the kind of listeners, you know, that uh, they got an AK-47 in the corner and they're paranoid, they got a bomb shelter. <laughs> And you know, and they're terrified of the world, you know, and, and that's the, you know, so it's, if I want that sponsor, I got to say the world's coming to an end and Hey guys, you know, stock up on this, stock up on that, uh, get your storable food, you know, and I, I went on a rant on this a long time ago, about a year and a half 
about, you know, here we are. We know that we're all living under oppression. We're living under conditions that are completely intolerable. And then you listen to these shows, and what is their solution? That we need to store food. We need storable food so that we can eat, you know, when the, when the coming FEMA camps or whatever is coming, the, the Meteor or the EMP or whatever, the, something's coming. We know something's coming. But whatever it is, and our solution to this, to resist that, is to store up food, buy gold, and buy guns and ammo. Okay, and also dig a hole in our backyard where we can bury ourselves alive, you know, literally with these bomb shelters. You know, if I was an oppressive government and there's people out there that are of the mindset to resist my, my uh, oppressing them, the, the, my, the one thing I would want them to do is dig holes in their backyard and go sit in a hole. Okay, you know, that kind of solves my problem. You know, all the dissenters are, are out there buried themselves in their backyards with their storable food and their stockpiles of weapons that I sold, them, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, by the way, too, we got a new show. Speaking of the members section, good old uh, uh, Sean Duff here uh, from the band Strawman uh, mentioned the members section tomorrow. I got a brand new show coming up. We're doing a show by John Benet Ramsey. I got to do it crack of dawn tomorrow. I got to get up early and walk Vic to school. Because uh, school starts tomorrow, first day of uh, uh, freshman year of high school. Uh, and um, when I get back, we're doing a show with a whole new uh, theory on the John Benet Ramsey case. Uh, should be interesting. And, you know, uh, I don't, and, you know, I'll pretty much uh, let every, if someone has a theory, I'll let them air out that theory, get it on record. And, you know, I'll bring another person on with, a, with an opposing theory as well. Uh, just to get everybody on record so people can examine uh, all the different facts and all the different cases and make up your own mind. And I'll, I'll put in my two cents as well. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break here. We're with uh, Straw Man, Sean Duff. He's the drummer for Straw Man and uh, the singer and songwriter as well. Uh, do you sing? A little backups, yeah. That's all you want from me, okay. to be honest. He, he hums. He, he kind of words the, the mouths the words while he's playing the drums back there. Sean Duff. Uh, they got an event coming up uh, uh, at the Hideout Bar in downtown Toronto this Friday. Not this Friday, but Friday, September 4th. And also, too, they got a new uh, song coming out, Bones. And that's going to be released September 1st. You can get it on his website, strawmanmusic.com. And I would uh, encourage everybody who comes out to the Hideout Bar in downtown Toronto, Friday, September 4th, to bring a little tinfoil hat. Okay, just to encourage a good old Sean Duff as he's back there playing his uh, drums. We'll be right back after these messages. And now a word from our sponsors. Pacific West Bamboo, your premier source for sustainable building material. They provide construction grade and craft grade bamboo material for all your indoor, outdoor, and gardening needs. Uh, contact them for event planning and display building as well. 503-839-8126. Or you go to their new website, PacificWestBamboo.com. Or you can contact them on Facebook at Pacific West Bamboo. That's 503-839-8126. Amanda from Pacific West Bamboo was our first sponsor. Uh, she's been so good to us. Uh, so please support her in return. I want to make everybody aware of our new member section at www.oppermanreport.com. Uh, you can go there and sign up for a monthly, quarterly, or yearly subscription. You can even purchase episodes one by one. Uh, you get full access to brand new original content, new guests, new uncensored interviews, my own investigations and reports, and we're going to be adding uh, sections with documents, 
images, police reports, uh, either provided by myself or by my guests or for my own investigations, my own reports. Uh, so you can go to oppermanreport.com and you can sign up there tonight. You can start listening tonight. Straw Man. I want to mention Straw Man. Straw Man is a band uh, out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, they're good friends at the Opperman Report. Uh, they're a trio of guys who share the same mindset uh, most of us here do, and they put that energy into their words and music. Uh, so check them out at uh, strawmanmusic.com and drop them a line uh, to let them know that you heard them here on the Opperman Report. Uh, we'll be doing a, an interview with Sean Duffy soon. You can get an autographed copy of my book, How to Succeed as a Private Investigator, by visiting my PI website, emailrevealer.com. We also offer a computer and cell phone forensics. We can recover deleted text messages to uncover infidelity. Uh, we, can, uh, we offer asset searches, locates, email tracing, background reports, and we can even trace your spouse's email address back to internet dating websites to catch them cheating online. You can reach us at 800-572-9762, or you can email me at emailrevealer at AOL.com. New World Mexican Women. Everyone loves the New World Mexican Women, and their, their line of fine, handcrafted, authentic Mexican jewelry of stone mosaic and abalene stone inlay. In their first book, titled New World Mexican Women, available on lulu.com. Uh, they teach you how to make this jewelry, and they have a collection of love letters to their men from their hometown that have immigrated to the United States to find work. Uh, they have also published a new book entitled Azucina to the Rodeo. It's about a young girl that falls in love with a rodeo bull rider, and she runs away with him uh, without telling her family. You can find the New World Mexican Women by Googling New World Mexican Women. And you can ask them about uh, their deals on wholesaling, their fine jewelry, and all of the other projects that they have going on. Uh, if you'd like to have your business or website advertised here and promoted all over the world on dozens of stations every day, give us a call at 800-572-9762 or email oppermanreport at gmail.com. And now back to our show. Welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator at Opperman. The show is brought to you by Audible.com. You go to audibletrial.com, front slash Opperman Report. Get yourself a free audiobook. Step right up. Get yourself a free audiobook. Uh, I want to, uh, forgot, I want to point something out here, guys. If you live in Arizona or you have a business in the state of Arizona, uh, this show has been accepted uh, to be on uh, the, a top 10 AM FM station. In the state of Arizona, we would be carried to a potential 5 million people uh, all the way from Phoenix uh, down to Tucson. It even goes all, almost to Lake Mead. People here, even here in Lake Mead in, uh, in Las Vegas might be able to hear this on a clear day, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, when <laughs> you got a, a, a tent on the top of your car, like, you know, uh, you're driving around in some kind of uh, high-quality uh, radio. Uh, but the thing is, we have this opportunity. The show's been accepted. But we, we can't get in there without bringing some sponsors with us. So if you're in the state of Arizona uh, and, and you, you want to sponsor this show, this is your, our opportunity, man. Guys, we can, we can get into this and, and really make a big move here in the state of Arizona, which I think is, is our audience. I think they would love the New World Mexican Women. They'd love the band Strawman. I'm sure they would. 
because uh, they love people from Canada and, and Arizona. Uh, but uh, uh, what do you call? So if you if you ever thought about sponsoring this show, okay, even if you're not in the state of Arizona, we still cover it all over the world. I get calls from uh, Australia. I get South Africa. We have one and a half percent of our listeners are in, are in South Africa. Did you know that? Uh, so we got a ton of uh, people all over the world listening to this show. Uh, but this opportunity to take over the state of Arizona, and by the way, it's it's kind of a right wing station too. There's uh, Sean Hannity's on there, uh, Michael Savage is on there. I think even um, uh, Alex Jones is on this station, so we can get in there and kind of wake people up and shake them up and uh, give them some truth. Uh, so if you live in Arizona, you got a business in Arizona, or uh, you have a business somewhere else, a website or a business you want to promote uh, to potentially 5 million people. It's a top 10 station in the state of Arizona, and we're in. They love the show. Uh, we just got to be able to um, uh, bring some sponsors with us uh, until we get our feet wet in there, and then we'll get some local sponsors who enjoy the show, and we'll sponsor the show. So it's a big move for us. and very important if you can help us out. We are here today with Sean Duff, uh, our man from Toronto, Canada. Uh, He's a musician, songwriter, part-time conspiracy theorist. Uh, he's going to be appearing at uh, uh, the Hideout Bar in downtown Toronto Friday, September 4th. Uh, got a new song coming out, Bones. It's going to be released September 1st. You can find all this information on his website, strawmanmusic.com. Sean, you there? I am here. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, I tell you, man, that, uh, if we can get into the Arizona today, man, that would be a big move for us. Um, there's also, too... Um, we got uh, we're, we're being picked up on another internet station uh, right around the corner, uh, and uh, it, it's a big, big station. And um, also too, uh, there's a local FM station here in Las Vegas that's right on the Strip, and they like the show too. I just got to get over there and meet with this guy in order to to finalize the deal. But uh, that's that's pretty much ready to go. But they won't let us play our ads. Is one problem with them. Uh, but I think it, it would be worth it just to get the show on there and mention the member section and get us um, get us that following there and get, and get our feet you know wet in AMFM uh, a little bit better. Um, now let's see, what were we talking about um, before we left? I, I was mentioning that that I would hope that people would wear uh, tinfoil hats uh, to your next gig. <laughs> now you. you I hope to see fifty ten before I'll have another gig. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all buying <laughs> drinks. <Yeah. laughs> now, so what about your friends and family? Do they know that you're into this kind of stuff or what? Yeah, absolutely. My the, the close. I have a small close circle of people I call friends and family, and absolutely they do. I'm not uh, not really what you call a wallflower. I do speak my mind, but uh, you know sometimes you, people just aren't interested in what you want to hear. So I don't try to force my opinions down people's throats and. Uh, my girl was very good in correcting me a few years ago to say, you know, you, you want to temper how confident you are in speaking about things because, because uh, you know, I, I don't know, like I said about the fighters, I don't know that we live on a round ball. We take it for granted because that's what we learn in school, but I don't know that that's exactly the truth. So, um, uh, but yeah, but really my my close circle of friends know that I've been this way. And the, the band Strawman, I mean, Strawman, the name itself is, we, we chose that name based on, uh, research I did on the, the corporatization of the human being. You probably, if you've ever heard of Jordan Maxwell or uh, who's the other guy, Santos something. Santos Bonacci, yeah. Yeah, so the the idea that when you register yourself, when, you, when your parents register your birth, it's actually a, a tradable document or a, a commodity, I should say. So that in, and, and 
you know, and I'm a, I'm a bit, one of these people that know a little bit about a lot of things. I don't delve into one thing very deeply, especially that angle, because it, you have to go back to thousands of years of law dictionaries, and I certainly don't have the time or the patience to do that. But uh, the concept being that you're born, you register your birth. Now, because you are a human being on this earth and you will labor and you will create something for the economy, that brings value. So in order to operate, and, and apparently legally, in order to operate in this world, uh, for me to pay my hydro bill or for me to operate with the bank, I need to have a corporate identity. I can't just operate as Sean Duff, the guy who's standing in his garage right now. I need to have a document. I need to have a birth certificate. Up here we call it a social insurance number. Down there it's the, I think it's social security number. Yeah. Um, it's the concept that you need to have one of those because corporations can only do business with corporations. So that's where the name was born from. I, I went to some lectures and it's very interesting. I've, I've met some people who've, driven without a, uh, without a driver's license and had to abandon their cars and walk for miles once they get arrested and kudos to those people. But, you know, I've, I've got a, a you know, I've got a family to look, you know, look, help look after. And I, I've got a, you know, I've, I've got a life to live. So I accept that there's, I guess the chains that bind us. And, uh, but it, it is, it is an interesting concept and I'm always interested by new information. So, um, it's that, it's, sort of that journey that I've taken that has found me through the Alex Joneses and all that crap to the people that are the grassroots. Like, I taught, you know, it's very new in my mind and I'm a big short-term memory guy because my long-term memory is not very good. Uh, Tom Secker, he, he's, the, he's the kind of guy that I never would have found if it wasn't for the Opperman Report. And, uh, cause, and this guy knows his stuff and he's done his research and and he's got videos out there and podcasts. Um, so, yeah, so it'll come to a surprise for some of the people that don't know me personally that I talk like this because I don't get to see them that often. And I'm hoping there's lots listening. But uh, just for anybody who is listening to me, and this is coming as a surprise, I am still a rational human being. You know, if anything, don't be afraid of it, except the fact that you know me as the same guy that you knew me. And if I'm thinking about this stuff, then maybe it's something you should consider. Yeah, I you know that's Santos Bonacci. Bonacci, uh, he he's back in jail now. You know, <laughs> yeah, because you, know? uh, you know his thing is he doesn't want to pay the tolls where he lives. You know, and he kind of uh, he just he drives through these tolls and he doesn't pay the bill, and uh, so he runs up all these um, uh, what do you call those uh, fines and uh, stuff like that. So they keep coming after him and arresting him. Now, and the other thing he said about how um, when we our birth certificate, then we become like a commodity on the New York Stock Exchange, and then we're traded uh, on a stock exchange. I've never found any evidence of that, you know. And I've looked into that kind of stuff, and uh, I don't, I don't buy any of that stuff at all. I tell you the truth. Uh, and and you know what? You know what? I don't see anybody who who tries all that stuff with the the they had, you know a sovereign citizen they called it at one time, and now I guess they call it. Uh, uh, yeah, the sovereign movement, but and now they have a new name for it that they call it. Uh, I've seen people try and show up in court. One time, it really broke my heart. Uh, this guy, um, he was being arraigned because he was eating with a knife and fork in a park, and the cops came and arrested him for possession of a, of a knife over four inches. And I, I guess the cops came over and questioned him. Maybe he was acting weird in the park, whatever, and they wound up arresting him for that. And uh, and because he was, the guy was mentally uh, ill, you know. And I guess he was arguing with the cops, so they arrested him. And at his arraignment, the judge kept telling him, listen, 
you know, you just have to give us a plea. You just got to plead either guilty or not guilty. <laughs> either way, you can walk out of here right now because, you know, this isn't a serious thing. You're just going to get a ticket, you know. Uh, and uh, but the guy kept arguing with him about all this stuff about I'm a, what is the name, you know, but that's not the name, you know, that's not the legal name, uh, all that stuff. And they put him on a psych hold, you know, and I saw him. I saw this happen to him, you know, and, and the guy could have walked out. Uh, but and, and I've never really seen anybody successfully uh, work that all that stuff, you know, uh, and, and uh, it also seems too that the reason why people try and do that. Is just to get out of paying their um, their car registration and stuff like that. Just and, and, and then they wind up in the jackpot uh, for huge fines and, and uh, getting thrown in jail. Uh, there was a host on this other station that used to talk about all this stuff, and he was said about, oh yeah, they pulled him over without having registration, without having a license, and he's fighting it in court, and he's doing motions, you know, and he's doing all this, you know. And, and I told he says I wouldn't cross the bar because that's when you cross the bar, then you're in there well, and that's when they control you. And all he's reading all this stuff from that guy, uh, Kate from Gaia. You know that one? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Kate from Gaia. So he was following that script from Kate from Gaia. And I told him, I says, dude, you, you think you went to court, but if you didn't cross the bar and then didn't, you know, uh, when, when they're calling your name, if you don't walk up to the judge and acknowledge it's you, uh, then you didn't, uh, you didn't appear in court. Now there's a warrant for your arrest. There's a, you have a warrant. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. I won this case. You'll see. <laughs> now they, they, they busted him. They threw him in jail. And he tells the story. It's really funny because he's a host on another station. And he tells the story. And he says, uh, well, they finally let him out of jail after like a week. He sat in there like a buffoon uh, trying to argue with argue his way out of handcuffs. <laughs> Good luck, man. You know, and uh, what do you call he, They got pulled over again. Okay. He was with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's mother. And they got pulled over again. And he says, this time, as soon as the cop arrested me, I told him everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Now, listen, man, I agree. We got to resist. You know, we cannot sit back and we cannot tolerate what's being done to us. You know, but I think, again, a lot of this stuff you hear, this Kate from Gaia and this, these people, it's just like flat earth stuff. You know, it's like it feels good. It sounds good. And it, it sounds like a solution. OK, and if we believe it, you know, and we follow it. Boy, this is, you know, it's a way out of this. But uh, the real way out of this, man, the only way I can see out of this is we, we need to take to the streets. We need general strikes. We need to stop. We need to. Lorenzo Kambawa Irvin, who was a former Black Panther. I don't know if you saw that show. Not, not hardly anybody watched or listened to that show that I did with him. 70 years old. Uh, he's still an activist. They gave him 15 years in prison. He got two life sentences, but he got out in 15 years. Uh, and uh, because uh, he was an activist, he was a Black Panther down there in Tennessee, and um, the, the the Klan was going to kill him. The cops were beating the crap out of him every time they saw him, putting a gun to his head and just beating the crap out of him. So finally he says, I can't take this anymore. They, they busted him on some trumped-up charges claiming that he was trying to burn down or blow up the courthouse or something, and they busted him on that. He was out on bail, so finally he says, hey, I'm not going to get a fair trial. Let me get the hell out of here. So he gets a hold of a hand grenade and a gun. He, he hijacks a plane to Cuba. So it's a great story. He gets down to Cuba. They don't know what he's doing there. They, they put him in a hotel for a couple of weeks. And then they, they, he thinks he's going to the Czech Republic. They're going to send him to Tangiers through the Czech Republic. But when he gets to the Czech Republic, they don't know what he's doing there. They says, you know, who are you? He says, what do you mean? They didn't tell you about me? The Cubans stuck him on a, on a commercial flight with the peanuts and the drinks, you know? <laughs> they didn't even tell, you know, that we're sending this guy over there for, uh, you know, asylum. So he got 
bus. They held him over there in uh, in uh, the Czech Republic, and then he escaped. You know, uh, the the U.S. Embassy tried to hold him in, in a little jail they had over there, and he escaped. He was running down the street. They tried to run him over. These guys. He, he met activists over there. They smuggled him out of there. But finally, they get him. They bust him. They bring him. They give him two life sentences. And the the long story short is, uh, when we were talking, you know, and he's still an activist to this day, seventy five years old, you know. And he was saying, Eddie, we got to gum up the system. You know, if we're going to resist the oppression that we're under, we have to gum up the system in everything we do all day long because we got to bring the system to a screeching halt. And while a lot of this stuff sounds good, uh, I, I think that we, we, need, we need national strikes, you know, uh, where people don't go to work. We stop and we, we take to the streets and we shut down the highways. And, and it's not until we can all do that that we're going to see any kind of change anywhere. And we've got to throw all these bums out and throw them in jail at, at the same time. Uh, because you know, there's 350 million people in the United States of America. Okay? And there's maybe, what, 10 million uh, that, are, that are these elite, powerful people and they're cops. You know? Uh, and they're armed guards and all that stuff. And a very small number. We outnumber them 300 to 1. Uh, so there's no reason why we cannot uh, uh, achieve this if we could just, like you said before, we're all staring at the Kardashians, uh, you know, and uh, we've got to get our heads out of our butts here, man, and, and get our act together. Now, 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 where do you fit on the spectrum? You know, like, uh, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a leftist, I'm a socialist. Uh, where, where do you land in all this? I wouldn't say that I was a you know, leftist, centrist. I wouldn't classify myself. I will say, I want to go back and say, yeah. no, I would not recommend anybody try the straw man method. The, the Santos Bashi kid, a guy uh, approach to fighting your way through court because it is a dead end. Not a dead end. I think there's something there, but you need to, you would need to spend 20 years to unravel it all. I think there is something there. Absolutely. Um, I will say that the problem with you're right, you know, you need to have people out on the street to actually make change, but life is too comfortable. Right? In North America, life is much too comfortable for people to, to get off their butt and uh, you know, national strikes, all these things. It, it won't happen when you've got the Kardashians to follow and, and 300 cable stations to watch and uh, the NFL season's coming up and, and, and we don't have to, we don't have to worry about where our drinking water is coming from and where our food is coming from. And do we have shelter? At least not, not the majority that would be required to do so. I remember there was, um, a politician in, I want to say Ukraine. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grasping here, but he had, this is going back probably 15 years, 10, 15 years. He had won an election or he was the popular vote. And when he didn't win the election because of there was voter fraud, there was millions of people on the street and everything ground to a halt. There was no turning back at that point. And they had a re-election and this guy won. Now you'll remember this guy because he was the guy that was poisoned. Oh, right. Okay. They sent him looking like a lizard. Yeah. Do you remember this guy? That's the, unfortunately, I don't see it happening unless there's that type of pressure, unless people don't, you know, if people have to fight for the basics of living, then you'll see a whole different reaction that we're coddled here. We're, we're and, and we're bamboozled, <clears throat> bamboozled by entertainment, by movies, by TV, by sports, by distractions galore. That hat that Trump was wearing up front, that was some crazy distraction. Yeah, you know, they do take to the streets in, in France, you know, even if they try and take away a holiday or something from them, you know, they, they, they swamp the streets. But but the culture over there is used to doing that. It's, it's built into their, their lifestyle. 
we're like yeah. you say here, you know, yeah. yeah. Over there, they they come from, you know, here are, are really our culture is what two hundred years old here, and we don't really have right. that historical tie like you do, like you say, back in Europe. People understand or they've heard through their great, 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 great grandfather what life was like in, the, you know, the 1700s or the 1600s and what the fights they had to do. Here we don't have that. Yeah, I hear you, man. Oh, boy. So let's think. What else was on your mind? I know you had some notes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean we were talking about, uh, like, how I got to find Ed Opperman. I was just, you know, it took me a long time to, to wade through the garbage that's out there and um you, know, you were talking about the people who were getting arrested by saying that they weren't going to cross the birth of the court and all that stuff and right you, just people people motivated by money sadly will do just about anything and they'll they won't care about the best interest of other people so these these poor people who maybe they just don't want to pay their car registration or maybe they really just want to break free from the, 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 the ties of the government, um, overseeing. That's, I just made a new word there, overseeing. <laughs> but the, the government control over the way they live their life, but they do it and they're, they're unprepared and maybe they're, um, you know, disenchanted, overly disenchanted and, they think that things are just going to happen for them, but really the system's out there and it's, it's out there for a reason. Um, yeah, you know, like, uh, like, have you heard, actually, I want to ask how Dave was doing. Have you got any update on how Dave was doing, Dave McGowan? Um, I, the last we heard and the only source I have to, I'm, I'm I have to send Dave an email and talk to him about something else. Okay. Cause you have a whole nother situation going on. Uh, but, uh, with, um, the only information I get is from his brother, Craig, and uh, who gave us an update just recently about the, you know, he wasn't feeling well after the last chemo. Uh, uh, are, are you in that group of weird scenes inside the canyon uh, discussion group? Okay, um, yep. Yeah, because that's, yeah, right. That's where I'm getting it from, from Craig, you know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's I, I have no more information on that than you do, you know, unfortunately, um, because of other situations. Uh, but, uh by the way, too, now we're talking about the, the car registration stuff, too. I, I tell you, one time I was sitting in the Department of Motor Vehicles waiting to pay a fine, you know, because I couldn't pay my registration in time, so I got a ticket. And it's like a $1,000 ticket, too, by the way. And and just the whole idea that we have to go and spend a whole freaking day waiting online down at the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles, for you Canadians out there listening, you know, to pay them a fine, first of all, because we didn't pay them a registration fee that we have to pay every year and a smog test that we got to pay every year. And, uh, and that you have to pay insurance for your car. And if you don't pay the insurance on you, because they'll feed the insurance industry, you know, for a car that I own, you know, it's my freaking car. I own this car you know, and I got to pay all these fees just for the pleasure of using it. It's just so outrageous that, that we tolerate uh, this intrusion into our, our life. Like it's normal, you know, like it's not piracy. This is piracy. We live under piracy, you know. And, and, and I don't, yeah, I was just gonna say I don't know what it was like down in the states, but I know um, up here, car insurance was an option. Yeah, it was mandatory for until maybe the fifties, or the, I think the car insurance was the sixties. Uh, even income tax up here was only instituted after the Second World War to help rebuild the nation, and of course, it was only going to be temporary. 
and now for every dollar you earn out of your labor, you're paying the government up to 30% in Canada of what you're earning. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, you can't, the, the incrementalism is insane. That's where they get you. They don't try to take everything in one swoop. They try to take a little bit at a time. And look, I got a question for you, Ed. Are you going to vote in the presidential election? You know what? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll be honest here. I've never voted. You know, I've never registered to vote. Um, and I probably never will vote. I've never saw any benefit to it. Um, originally, I didn't vote because I never registered for the draft. You know, and then I finally I had to register for the draft uh, when I was like 25 years old, uh, you know, reluctantly. But uh, so I never voted. Um, and uh, I don't think it makes any damn bit of difference to vote for who's president. But uh, you know what? Locally, uh, your vote does count for for judges, for uh, city council and that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you something else, too. You know, you know, because I tried to get a judge elected down here at the last election. And uh, next election, I can definitely get people elected. Uh, the, the, the reach of this show is enough uh, that, that we can really start making a difference in uh, endorsing candidates, especially locally. In Arizona, guys, if you're in Arizona, you want to get a judge, give me a call, guys. You know? Because, uh, uh, but anyway, so I don't vote. Do you vote? You know what? I'm, I'm, we're completely on the same page there. Uh, locally, municipally, I do vote. Um, but I, I don't, I don't vote otherwise. I don't, to be honest with you, I think it's, uh, up here, I, I don't know how it works in the States, but up here it's, they've got a, what they call a first past the post. So the, the first party to get 33 point, well, we have three major parties here. So we'll just say 33.4% of the vote, they get a government. They, they are the sitting government. So it, to me, the system, it's, it's, it's just all wrong. So I don't vote. But yeah. for for my local area, absolutely I do vote because you can affect change there. But once you get to a certain level, I just think you're, you know, there's there's options here to spoil your ballot or to refuse your ballot. I think that's what I'll do because we've got an election coming up uh, in October. I think that's what I'll do. Because yeah, you know the old saying that if voting counted, they would make it illegal. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's ah, a shame too, you know. But I still I enjoy the theater of it. I enjoy the debates, uh, and and even the debates are just so dumbed down from the way they were, you know, back in the seventies and the eighties. You know, it was just really, you know, uh, details and and uh, back and forth, you know, debating, and and now it's just these little sound bites and wisecracks and trying to make this big uh, joke that's going to be covered over and over. Uh, I don't know. The whole uh, process is really depressing. Um, but I'm, but I'm hoping I can I can get out there on the campaign trail and uh, yell out some questions, uh, you know. Maybe I, I I still hope, or I still think that uh, as uh, resistance and people that are resisting this oppression, that that one avenue that we have is the media. That we can use these little media outlets to try and inform people and uh, and try and make a difference that way. And I think that the, the opposition, I think they see that as well. And that's why they insert these people in, these flat-earth people and these little weirdo kind of people uh, that uh, are total shams and hoaxers. And if you also notice, too, when, whenever you hear about anybody talking about how, oh, the NSA is spying on them and the NSA is interfering, it's always these people that are totally full of crap. <laughs> you know, it's always the ones that are just the most uh, full of it uh, making all these claims. We've got to take another little commercial break here real quick. The time's flying by here. Uh, we are here with uh, my guest, 
Sean Duff. I like to call him Sean Duffy, but Sean Duff. <laughs> okay, he's a musician, songwriter, part-time conspiracy theorist. He's the drummer for a Toronto-based uh, alternative rock band, Strawman, uh, for close to ten years. And uh, his latest album, uh, latest record, is called Bones, and that's going to be released September first. And they're going to be playing at the Hideout Bar uh, in Toronto, Canada, Friday, September fourth. Start doors open around seven thirty. And for more details, you can go to strawmanmusic.com. Now, I was going to say you can get in for half price if you wear a tinfoil hat, but I don't want to make too much trouble for you. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back after this. Oh, boy, we can destroy Sean Duff's life. <laughs> we can ruin him right now. Okay, we'll be right back after this. And now, a word from our sponsors. Pacific West Bamboo your premier source for sustainable building material. They provide construction grade and craft grade bamboo material for all your indoor, outdoor, and gardening needs. Uh, contact them for event planning and display building as well. 503-839-8126. Or you go to their new website, pacificwestbamboo.com. Or you can contact them on Facebook at Pacific West Bamboo. That's 503 839 8126. Amanda from Pacific West Bamboo was our first sponsor. Uh, she's been so good to us. Uh, so please support her in return. I want to make everybody aware of our new member section at www.oppermanreport.com. Uh, you can go there and sign up for a monthly, quarterly, or yearly subscription. You can even purchase episodes one by one. Uh, you get full access to brand new original content, new guests, new uncensored interviews, my own investigations and reports, and we're going to be adding uh, sections with documents, images, police reports, uh, either provided by myself or by my guests or for my own investigations, my own reports. Uh, so you can go to oppermanreport.com and you can sign up there tonight. You can start listening tonight. Strawman. I want to mention Strawman. Strawman is a band uh, out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, they're good friends of the Opperman Report. Uh, they're a trio of guys who share the same mindset uh, most of us here do, and they put that energy into their words and music. Uh, so check them out at uh, strawmanmusic.com and drop them a line uh, to let them know that you heard them here on the Opperman Report. Uh, we'll be doing a, an interview with Sean Duffy soon. You can get an autographed copy of my book, How to Succeed as a Private Investigator, by visiting my PI website, emailrevealer.com. We also offer a computer and cell phone forensics. We can recover deleted text messages to uncover infidelity. Uh, we, can, uh, we offer asset searches, locates, email tracing, background reports, and we can even trace your spouse's email address back to internet dating websites to catch them cheating online. You can reach us at 800-572-9762, or you can email me at emailrevealer at AOL.com. New World Mexican Women. Everyone loves the New World Mexican Women. And their, their line of fine, handcrafted, authentic Mexican jewelry of stone mosaic and abalene stone inlay. In their first book, titled New World Mexican Women, available on lulu.com, uh, they teach you how to make this jewelry. And they have a collection of love letters to their men from their hometown that have immigrated to the United States to find work. Uh, they have also published a new book entitled Azukina to the Rodeo. 
It's about a young girl that falls in love with a rodeo bull rider, and she runs away with him uh, without telling her family. You can find the New World Mexican women by Googling New World Mexican women. And you can ask them about uh, their deals on wholesaling, their fine jewelry, and all of the other projects that they have going on. Uh, if you'd like to have your business or website advertised here and promoted all over the world on dozens of stations every day, give us a call at 800-572-9762 or email oppermanreport at gmail.com. And now back to our show. Okay, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. The uh, show is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com, front slash Opperman Report. Get yourself a free audio book. We are here tonight, or today, I should say, this afternoon, with Sean Duff, the uh, uh, drummer for the band Strawman. Uh, and they got a new uh, single coming out called Bones, coming out September 1st. Uh, you can check them out at their website, strawmanmusic.com. And also, too, they're playing a big gig coming up at the Hideout Bar in downtown Toronto, Friday, September 4th. Uh, doors open around 7 p.m. Uh, and there's no way to get in for half price. <laughs> you just got to show a pay to full price. Hey, so, Sean, now you've been listening to the show for a while. So, now, I guess since the first uh, uh, McGowan interview, uh, out of all the topics, uh, uh, like, what do you think? We cover a lot of different topics, right? Uh, but, like, which are the ones that, that interest you most? Like Process Church, uh, uh, are you on mute? Maybe. No, I heard you rustling. You that? You you that? Oh. Wait, maybe I'm the one on mute. Hold on here. Uh, my mic is on. Yeah, my mic's working. Hey, Sean, can you hear me? Sean, uh, I hear him rustling around. Hey, Sean, can you hear me? Because we don't have your audio at all. I can't hear you. I hear you rustling. Rustling. Sean. Sean, wake up. <laughs> hey, Sean, you there? Well, we might have lost Sean. Uh, Sean, if you there? Oh, here you go. I can hear you now. Sorry, friend. I got uh, out of range in my headset there. Sorry about that. Okay, no, that's okay. So I was saying, though, like, uh, out of all the different topics we cover, uh, what do you find, like, the most interesting? And, and what would you suggest that we do uh, coming up? You know, I um, I've always I was always interested in the the bigger picture stuff, the nine eleven, seven seven stuff, and again, the Tom Secker guy touched on the seven seven. But the you had on um, that uh, Maggie's Hammer guy from yeah. the UK. Yeah. You know that's <clears throat> that's a kind of um, personal story that has more national international repercussions that really makes me interested. It's uh, I mean, he was a great guest, and and he gave me some insights on things like, um, for people who don't know, that Maggie's Hammer, this guy, worked for a lawyer, and uh, he ran a law firm. He he died, but before he died, he cashed in a whack of dough, seven million bucks, and they came looking for him, and he just went wanted to find find out what happened to his friend, how he died, and and ended up becoming like a little tale of international espionage, involving um, arms dealings to states that were not supposed to be getting arms like Iran and uh, otherwise embargoed territories. And it was really interesting. And, and he, you know, he suggested that uh, the Princess Di car crash assassination, whatever you want to call it, wasn't about Princess Di. It was about Dodi Al-Fayed because his dad was 
threatening to pull the plug on all these arms dealings that were going on. And it's that kind of thing that it's, it's like real life drama. It's real life intrigue. And so I, I, I love that stuff. I'm, you know, I, I, you guys touch on some things with the, Mem- uh, you touch on the West Memphis three, yeah. which interesting to me, not, not for a good reason because like child abuse and, and, and that whole satanic end of things, it disgusts me to no end. Um, but I want to see justice brought. Like I want to see that stopping. Um, I've posted things on my Facebook page where some crazy number, like 350,000 children go missing in the States a year. Is that 1% of the whole population go missing a year? That's got to stop the, that, the, you know, the, the Franklin scandal, these things are, I don't know, I guess maybe they peak that, uh, you know, that, that justice that I want to bring to the innocent. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that way where why, why are we here except for to, to protect the innocent and there's nothing more innocent than children. And, uh, so those real life type of tales, they intrigue me. Um, but you have a lot of good guests, you, you, you have a lot of good guests. It's, it's probably hard for me to pick. I'd like to hear you have guys like Daniel Hopsicker back on. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's coming back in a couple of weeks. Skip James Fetzer and these other guys that are, you know, awful dudes to listen to, but uh, live and learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A guy like Hopsicker, you know, he hasn't done a show, you know, like seven years he didn't do a show before, you know, I, I got him on, you know, and uh, now he's, he wants to come back. He's really excited about coming back. He's like, I got to mail him a book, too. I promised I was going to mail him a book. I should try and do that today. Um, but uh, great guy, great research, great information. He just came out with that story. Man, this guy does real investigative work. He just came out with that story. I don't know if you read the link about Vince Vaughn, the actor Vince Vaughn from the movie Swingers, and how Vince Vaughn's mother and father are like involved in, in setting up banks, that uh, phony banks in some ways, that were loaning money to drug cartels. Uh, did you read that? No, no, I touched on it, but I never got to finish it. Yeah, but that's insane. Yeah, here we're supposed to think Vince Vaughn, oh, yeah, these guys are a bunch of kids, and they got together with a low budget, and they put this movie out, blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> this guy, you know, was, uh, was with the billion-dollar uh, uh, funding for, for drug cartels with his family, money disappearing, all kinds of stuff. You know, so this guy is a super elite, you know, but we, they do, they play him to us like, oh, he's a man of the people. He's one of us, you know, uh, so I found that interesting. So, yeah, Hopsicker is definitely coming back. Now, now Hopsicker, too, that I, I, I'm dying to ask him because we ended that interview. We didn't, we, I didn't have a lot of control back in those days. We had to end sharply because um, we only had two hours in the afternoon. He was on Thursday afternoons and 11 o'clock in the afternoon. But we never got into the whole stuff about. Have you ever seen the uh, the videos he has of Muhammad Atta's stripper girlfriend, the interviews he did with her? No, I read the stories. The, the, the research he did in behind all of that was fantastic. Of course, it was never picked up mainstream, but no, I never saw the videos. Oh, yeah. You can find them fairly easily online. This is a girl who, you know, she was a dancer, and she was Muhammad Atta's girlfriend, and they snorted coke together, and they drank together, and all this kind of stuff. And when when you listen to her interview, there is such a ring of truth. Of she's not looking for fame; she, she's afraid she was in hiding after this. So when you get something like that, and you're able to get it on video and get it down on tape, 
which is the kind of stuff I'm just dying to do, man. Uh, you know, t- we have so many opportunities. Like with the West Memphis Three, uh, I was just uh, heard from Terry Hobbs today that uh, this Japanese film company is contacting him. They want to do another movie about the West Memphis Three. And uh, they sent him a list of questions. And right away, he's all suspicious. They seem like it's going to be another whitewash. So, you know, we can go in there and do this. You know, I have access to all these people. We can be doing these documentary films uh, with these guests that we have now. We would reach 10 times more than, than we're reaching now with this little radio show. Unless we get in, a, in there in Arizona, we can get a good sponsor to go in there and start moving into a more broader, uh, uh, you know, base with the radio. But I, I think if we can just do some documentary films, we just reach so many more people. So, well, some of the people that are listening on my end should know that uh, Ed's had Courtney Love's biological father on a couple times, Hank Harrison. And uh, you were supposed to do a video with him. I don't know what happened with that, but he tells a lot of what otherwise would be considered crazy stuff that Courtney Love dating CIA agents when she was 13 and um, traveling around the world and taking care of army generals like it's coming from the mouth of the father of and he's not i don't he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's out there to defame his daughter to get money he's just telling it like it is you know something a lot of people you know uh, and like this knee-jerk reaction about uh, hank harrison courtney loves dad that oh he's uh he's some kind of uh, uh mk ultra handler he's this he's that um but i gotta tell you man you know I have little chats with him every now and then on email and stuff like that, and um, I think he's oblivious to all that kind of stuff. If any, if anything, he's he was being handled along the way, uh, but he goes all the way back to the electric Kool Aid acid test guys and the, the Grateful Dead, and I pretty much involved in so much stuff. What a full life he's had! And you're right, he said we can go out to his ranch there in California and, and interview him, uh, but uh, I don't have the basic equipment. I don't have the basic film camera you know or even even right now we have a car to get over there you know we'd have to rent the car uh, so just the basics we don't have i have access to all these people you know and they like me they, they trust me that's for sure and I, I know we do a good job and I, I have a background in this kind of thing when i was on dr drew i did i set up the whole thing i set up i i was a two-part episode i did everything i casted all the characters on and we set up the locations i found the locations i'm, I'm the one that the coordinated the film crew i did the whole thing and i was too stupid back in those days to get a producer's credit uh, which I should have insisted on, um, but I just I was naive. I just thought this is what you're supposed to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the Hank Harrison, that's a great opportunity. West Memphis Three is a great opportunity. Jeffrey Epstein, I think uh, we should. There's no one out there has done a film on Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, what more could you want? It has everything. That story has everything: government corruption, powerful, the elites, celebrities, uh, everything. You know, and uh, we have. I think right now we're, we have it covered. You know, more than anybody else, uh, uh, Nick Bryant uh, did, did some excellent work on it. Uh, he, he's the one that got the, um, the probable cause affidavit. He's the one that got the uh, uh, the little black book and was able to get a hold of that. Uh, but I understand that he's also uh, uh, struggling now with uh, an illness. Um, so I don't think I don't know what he's up to. You know, I, I know he was struggling with with the illness and some other issues too as well. Uh, so again, you know, he's another guy. You should pick up his book. He wrote the book about the Franklin scandal. And uh, to help him out as well, because uh, we all need to, when we have guys, you know, working on the same side here, we all need to support each other and help each other out. 
So that's part of the problem with the uh, the internet. The internet world that we live in is that <clears throat> the, um, back in the day there was real journalism. You know, when the Franklin scandal came out, you actually had journalists involved, and there was no real time manipulation of the the information that was getting out to people. You know, back then, for the people who don't know, the Franklin scandal involved uh, Boys Town, and was it Oklahoma? I think it was uh, uh, North Dakota. No. Uh... I, it might have been North Dakota. I don't remember at the moment. So basically the idea was that the, uh, this up-and-comer from the Republican National Committee, I'm so bad with details, but long story short was that there was prostitutes, child prostitutes being delivered in and out of political circles right up to the White House. And you can go online and check this out. There's There's headlines that show that this was an actual investigation that was going on. And uh, the Franklin scandal was uh, John DeCamp was part of it, who I personally don't trust, but yeah. um, he was, uh, I think he was a senator. I'm so bad with details. But uh, it's, it's just nowadays, you don't, that, that stuff would never rise to the top because there's too many levels, too many digital levels to, to pull that information out of the way. Um, but back in the day, you would actually get that kind of information posted for a short time and then the story would just dissipate. It would never be revisited again. And like I was saying about Donald Trump's connections to Jeffrey Epstein, nobody asked him about this, but yet he's a pal with this guy who is a convicted child molester. And these are the things that voters would want to know. And I'm sure if the media was free and clear to report on it, they would actually report on it. But the order comes from above, hey, you can't report on this because... I'm not sure why, but you can't report on it. Otherwise, we would have heard about it. So the uh, the double-edged sword of the Internet says that we got the information, but we know that it's not going to get to the people who aren't looking for it. You actually have to kind of go on the hunt to find it. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I found you, is because it's the, the information you actually get as opposed to the, the strained-out version or the, the Alex Jones version of it, which is, we're not just we're just not going to talk about that. We're going to sell you all kinds of emergency supplies and 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 sell you lots of fear. Well, well you know what you say, like, well, how come nobody asked Donald Trump? You know, like, like here you got here I am, right? I'm a pretty ambitious guy. You know, I'm a pretty aggressive kind of guy. You know, and uh, sure, you know, I'm going out of my way to get these uh, credentials to get in a position to ask him. But it's a competitive business, you know. And if you want to work your way up in that business. If you ask the wrong question, if I ask Donald Trump, hey, what about Jeffrey Epstein? There's a good chance I'm never going to be going to another Trump event after that. They'll pull my credentials. So these people, they're, they're so competitive and they want to get their face on TV so badly with their egos, you know, that, uh, that they're not willing to risk that, you know. And the one or two that do yell out stuff, uh, find out you don't see them anymore. So I don't know, man. Uh, so, But you're right. None of this. Oh, by the way, too, back to the Franklin scandal, too. You know, one of the newspapers down there uh, with the Johnny Gosh case, uh, they were totally on the side of the elites that were molesting these kids. And they were calling the, uh, the kids that were reporting stuff, they were calling them all uh, liars and, and uh, uh, really uh, smearing uh, the camp and all that kind of stuff, too. So uh, it, it wasn't that great back in those days either. It was, I think it was a lot better than it is today. Uh, but uh, again, the same thing. You know, you got the powerful people in the newspaper, they, they run everything. Uh, what, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I do agree with you that, yeah, it wasn't that good back in the day either, but uh, nowadays you don't even, that stuff doesn't make a, a newspaper headline. You have to go to somebody's blog or, um, 
some alternative news website to read these things. And at least back then, there was some type of investigative journalism going on at the higher level at the Washington Times, you know, um, <clears throat> or New York Times. And now it's just really, to me, it would just seem like it's regurgitation of whether it's UPI or AP, um, some news service giving you the decided upon um, point of view of the, this item or of this event. Like there's the Saddam Hussein statue. Remember when the Saddam Hussein statue was fought, uh, was pulled down in Iraq after we did all that stuff or the states did all that stuff in Iraq? Sure. And it was they took that camera angle where it looked like there was thousands of people cheering the, the Hussein statue coming down, and then footage came out later on, and there's about 15 people. No, maybe like 50 people standing around cheering this thing going on. And it made me think of the Trump announcement for his run for presidential uh, candidacy is that every one of those guys was paid to be there. Yeah, that was a casted event. It was a casting call. Yeah, Reality Wanted had a casting call for that. Uh, but uh, back to the thing about the statue of uh, Saddam Hussein. Also, too, you know, we were all watching that live on, on the, the news. And obviously, so obviously, some of the guys in charge of pulling that thing down were, were Americans, uh, you know, with the crew, with the military crew cuts, um, wearing civilian clothes. They, they were, uh, you know, involved in that. Just to, but and and then you go back, and it's come out. There's been uh, Senate hearings. It's been the revelations, uh, Freedom of Information, Information Act uh, revelations, that the CIA says openly that they pay the news media and, and these people are in their pockets. Guys like Anderson Cooper, you know, who, who worked for the CIA before he became uh, this, this guy on TV. Um, so you, you got that whole thing where this, they're, they, they have people in their pocket, you know, they're paying them. The, oh, man, this guy, Pierce Redmond and uh, Tom Secker, they did a great uh, series of videos and, and they're adding to it all the time about how the military uh, funds and sponsors the, the United States movie industry. And how things have to be cleared through them, how they're funding stuff, and that there was a new policy. They just got a new Freedom of Information Act uh, uh, document that talks about how they're trying to figure out how to get there in the pitching and, and the pre-planning of, of the uh, these movie projects, not just controlling it after they get started, uh, but actually in in starting them off, you know, in in pitching whether in the pitching meetings and stuff like that. So it's totally controlled. And then, you, like you said, you got people who are afraid to talk. Uh, they, they have their ambition. You know, they know that it would be bad for their careers if they were to talk up and, and say the wrong thing. So that's the situation we're in. Uh, you know, and the, I don't know. Just keep pushing forward. But uh, we're getting down to like the last nine or ten minutes. Is there anything on your mind that you'd like to, uh, before we, you know, start ending up the show? Well, before we go, I do want to give a, a, a little self-promo out. If people want to find us, strawmanmusic.com. On Facebook, just search for Strawman Music, all one word. Same on Twitter, Strawman Music. Um, there is a good friend of mine who, he's a young kid. He's, well, young for me anyways. He's uh, 20-something, Walter DeMello. He's got a website. It's called brainfeed.ca. Brainfeed.ca. This uh this kid, Walter, he's like 20, 20 years ahead of where I was at his age, or maybe even further. People should check his page out. He's, um, he's, really, you know, he's out there. He's, he's an activist. He's trying to do things. He's interviewing people. He's looking at things, and uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. So I want to make sure that people that were listening got a chance to 
to check out brainfeed.ca. Um, I mean, no, you know, like for me, I think back to where I was in 2001 before 9-11 happened and, and, uh, you know, Tom said, again, I keep coming back to this guy, Tom Secker, I don't have a crush on him, but he's, uh, he's kind of stoked in me some things that I've forgotten about the predictive programming nature of the world that we live in. The idea that, you know, you lay the groundwork through media, different forms of media so that people get comfortable with an idea. And uh, for anybody, and this is really more for, I'm sure Ed Opperman listeners have probably checked this out before, but for people who are listening to me talk about this for the first time, if you don't believe that there's really conspiracy theories out there, or there's things that are, are driven in a way that aren't the way they're said, go check out an episode of The Lone Gunman. Do you remember The X-Files, Ed? Yeah, I do. I know exactly the episode you're talking about, yeah. So you know that there was this offshoot show called The Lone Gunman. Um, if you're my age, you know The X-Files. It was the three nerdy science guys um, that always helped out to David Duchovny. And they had, a, they had their show for a year or two. And there's an episode, just Google it. Don't Google it, just search it. But anyways, there's an episode where they outline to you exact, well, not exactly what happened, but a much more realistic portrayal of what happened on 9-11. And it's, it's that way where if you believe that 19 guys could fly an airplane into these big towers where no pilot could ever even imagine, let alone the Pentagon, go check out that episode. It's about a four-minute clip. And that'll be an idea of why uh, people like me who are inquisitive. And again, I'm not... I'm, to be a conspiracy theorist doesn't mean that you have to be some nutcase wearing tinfoil hats. Thanks a lot for that, Ed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you just you just have to be inquisitive and you start to realize that maybe, hey, the mainstream version of everything that you're getting isn't what is real. And not to say that I know what the truth is about anything, because I do not know. But I do know when my gut tells me something is wrong. And so go check out that episode. Trust your intuition. Just... You know, don't don't have to fall in line with everybody else. It doesn't mean you have to be an outsider or you have to be uh, you have to challenge authority at every turn. Just accept the fact that hey, you know what? I'm going to get up every morning, go to work, and, and I'm going to smile and be a good person and treat people with dignity and uh, you know, hopefully get that back from people. But as well, it's always good to question authority, authority especially. And uh, but you know, don't there's no need to be. There's no need to be uh, untowards about it. There's no need to be too forward about it. Just, um, like I said, just trust your gut and ask some questions. And uh, when the time comes up, stand up. Because I think, you know, there's, like, I think we've only got, what, uh, another month or so before the comet hits. So I'm not really too worried <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, if you wear those tinfoil hats, we'll be fine. Hey, but this kid uh, from BrainFeed, now this is the kid you were telling me about, right? Yeah, 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 Walter, yeah. Now, um, where does he land on Sandy Hook? I'm not quite clear about that. He's, he believes it's a hoax or he, or he thinks it's not a hoax? Oh, no, you got two kids mixed up. Oh, yeah, that's okay. another guy that I was telling you, Sandy Hook. Okay. Uh, Walter's a personal friend of mine, a guy that I know. Okay. He, uh, actually, Carlos, his dad, has mixed most, if not all, of uh, Strawman's music. Um, his, his kids, he's, like, he's out there. He's, he's been on some shows that uh, you probably know. Um, but he lives in Winnipeg, which is uh, more further west, north. 
from where I am. And uh, he just, yeah, he's, he's, he's his own investigative person. He's definitely out there challenging some of the popular beliefs. Um, I don't know where he stands on Sandy Hook because we're talking about okay. a different guy. Well, we should bring him on then, too. We should bring him on, too. You should bring him on, yeah. But where do you stand on Sandy Hook, Dad? Uh, well, a lot of, you know, I, I want, all I know is from the YouTube videos, you know? And, and uh, sometimes when you look at these YouTube videos and then you find out the stuff that debunks these YouTube videos, um, you, you find out that a lot of the claims they make about the Christmas trees and, the, you know, it turns out that it's, it's this logical, simple explanations for it. Now, there's other things you see about, you know, when they're all working in that big circle, you see the big, um, uh, you know, that seems odd. A lot of odd stuff in that. You know, the, the grandpa guy is a little weird, but then he could just be weird just because he wants to be on TV. He's a phony. He's a wacko. You never really know, you know. Uh, so I haven't done, I, I haven't seen like the real uh, hard work done on it. And it's, and when you do it, who, who's doing it? You know, the same characters over and over that are on the, all these shows. Uh, hyping up different topics all over the place. So, and also, too, I happen to know someone personally who tells me that they have a relative that died there. <laughs> so, and well, I, the bottom line is, is like 9 11, like the Boston bombings, like Sandy, like what they tell you is the truth is not the truth. Well, That's, Boston bombing, I think there's a lot more to that because, you know, you got FBI agents getting killed, you got witnesses getting killed. It's a whole different kind of story. Fair enough. Yeah, so it's like the Obama when they found, or sorry, Obama. It's a slip of the tongue when they found Osama bin Laden. Right. Yeah. How many of those guys are still alive? Yeah, that's a whole other bizarre thing. And like I told you, you know, uh, the guys who uh, uh, sell me my computer uh, cell phone forensic software, uh, they were the guys who were hunting for uh, Osama bin Laden. They were sent home in two thousand three. <laughs> you know? so as far as I know, they were looking for him. I know they were looking for him. They they know they were looking for him, and they were high up. Uh, but uh, they were sent home in 2003. We don't need you anymore. You know, now either they didn't need him anymore because they figured out how to do it themselves and they had their own software to do it, or you know there was some other reason why they didn't need to find him. But listen, we're at the end of our show. Uh, thank you so much, Sean Duff uh, from the band Strawman. A big event coming up this week. Uh, not this week, but September 4th. It feels like this week because Vic's going back to school. Uh, in a hideout bar at downtown Toronto, uh, Canada, Friday, September 4th. Uh, the new band, uh, the new uh, uh, song is Bones. Uh, it's coming out September 1st. You can get that on iTunes. And you can visit him at his website, strawmanmusic.com. Uh, Sean, thank you so much, brother. And don't forget, guys, soulfeast2015.org. If you want to check out the uh, Gospel Tent meeting up there in Wells, Maine, starting tonight, 7 p.m. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week. Good night, bro.